EMSradio.com. EMS information for the next generation. Hi, I'm Mike Savillo. And I'm Jeff Myers. And, and we're, we're a Paradox. Paradox. Like, oh, hi, I'm Jeff Myers. Hi, I'm Mike Savilla, and we are Paradox. Paradox. <laughs> Perfect. You just opened the show. <laughs> it's too big. You weren't recording it. Oh, uh, I've been recording the whole time. <laughs> oh. I wasn't going to miss this historic event at all. At all. Uh, so, in case you're just joining us, welcome. I'm Chris Montero, the Geeky Medic, and I have two doctors that are pretty funny, and uh, I think we're going to talk about the lighter side of medicine. Uh, EMS, ERs, primary care, and then whatever else we get into over the next weeks and hopefully years. Hopefully you guys like this show and we're calling this Paradox. Yes, kind of like the um, both the pun and the thing that, you know, is two, di- two different things. So we have first Dr. Jeff Myers. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. How are you this afternoon? I'm great. And tell us, tell us your background because I think that's important. Uh, my my background is if my current background is in emergency medicine and uh, simulation uh, education. I'm director of the simulation center here at uh, the University of Buffalo, and okay, well, attending... what does that mean? If I can just interject, <clears throat> simulation like you know, like flight simulation, like what does that deal about? No, we're we're creating an immersive patient care environment. We're taking the learner and putting them in the environment and letting them screw up so that we can. <laughs> So, so we can hopefully prevent them from screwing up when they get into the uh, in, into the uh, actual clinical environment. Well, I was going to say, isn't that better than the way it used to be when when you screwed up, you actually killed people? So you know, yeah, or dropped along, or that type of thing. You know, just you know, those, those procedure complications. You know, kind of uh, get in the way there. So when you drop a lung, do you like like pick it up and blow it off and go three second rule and put it back in? Uh, no, you got to wash it off first, and then you can uh, throw it back in. Okay, it's, nice. it's, in some areas, it's 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 kind of a <laughs> scratch, 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 scratch. Okay, good, and then it goes back in. So you don't, so you don't lick it or anything. You just, you actually, actually wash it. Okay. Oh my! So God. That, that was in the old days uh, when when you when you uh, uh, tried to figure out if somebody was diabetic. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I don't even want to can... know. You could edit that out, right? I mean, no, a, no, there's no editing. It's all, this, it's all live. This no, is a whole no, beta no. show. This doesn't even count, right? You know, this is actually this is the alpha show. This is even the beta show. <laughs> this is the alpha hey, show. Wait yeah. to see the, uh, how many people uh, tag this for for listenership? Well, here's, <laughs> well, here's the deal. It's going to go in the very first episode. Always goes in the stream for EMS Garage. Oh that you know that gets like ten, twelve, fourteen thousand downloads a week. So at least we'll be able to test it pretty quickly to see hmm, people like. I like that show. I'm going to go listen. So anyway, also joining us, Dr. Mike Savilla, like Barbara Hello, Savilla, but not. Yes, or Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what's your background, sir? Um, I am a family physician here in uh, full-time private practice in a small little town here in northeastern Ohio. Um, I've been here about 10 years. I'm in a group with uh, four other uh, family docs and uh, 
Unlike other family docs, we still go to the hospital, see our CCC patients there. We see nursing home patients. We see our ICU patients. Uh, we see patients pretty much anywhere. And uh, um, I don't know why I'm on the show, but uh, maybe it was just because of that thing back in March that we did that was kind of a good time. It was good. And, well, the other thing is people may know you from a different moniker. Uh, yes, I am the uh, blogger slash podcaster slash wannabe slash lackey, uh, formerly known as uh, Dr. Anonymous. And uh, I have chosen to uh, come out of the uh, closet, come out of the closet. And, uh, and I, I am now uh, Dr. Mike Savella on uh, Twitter. And uh, my new website is uh, Family Medicine Rocks. And uh, it's, it's fun. Talk, talk about primary care stuff. We talk about uh, social media stuff. And uh, it's a good time. How many S's were on the end of that? Just out of uh, curiosity. You'll have to go to the website to check it out. What's the, oh. And what's the, what's the URL? Uh, the URL is uh, simulate this. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't put the T in there. Make sure it's not stimulated. Simulate, please, yeah, people. That, well, it depends on what you're doing. If you're, if you're doing transcutaneous pacing like we did yesterday, then that is very stimulating. Uh, unlike, you, unlike this conversation, <laughs> like, you mean the you mean the heart, right? Or, you know, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to make sure you transcutaneously paste the correct thing. Yeah, because it's not since uh, not since Vegas that I had the other type of thing. Are you going to join us in Vegas? You know, we're going to Vegas. I know. We're, yeah, I, you know, uh, I'm really trying to to make it out there, especially if this show survives until then. Oh right, that's, that's like it's like eight weeks, man. You're you're underestimating. I always do a seven show run, so we'll we'll at least make Vegas. <laughs> yeah, all right, you'll have, you'll have to tell me when you're when you would plan on doing it. Maybe I can pop down for the day or two. Yes. Or like hey, you know what? Your you tell me your schedule. We'll put you in. And uh, by the way, the executive producer Ann says hi. I just we're. I literally ran from her house here to. Oh. to I'm helping her friends move. I'll forget it. No, no nurses are allowed on this show. Oh no, no, we're not I, having any nurses. No, no nurses. She's not Please. here. She's she just said to tell those. She said tell those guys hi like that in a very weird oh. funny voice. Did she did she cock her head over to the right side? Uh, left. Yeah. But no, oh, okay. Whatever. It's, it's more like the. Oh no, yeah, I I can maybe make that happen if it, maybe I can fly in and fly out, pretend like I'm Donald Trump for a day or something. Hey, you know, and even if you could, you know, we could. I would be willing to figure out a way to put you guys up for the night, so we could we could make that happen. Because you guys on Vegas Strip would be crazy, crazy times. We we were crazy in Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no pictures, thank God. All right, so anyway, so let's talk about medicine, and let's talk about some of the funnier things. Now, I want to go way back for you guys. Like, I don't know, how many years ago since you guys have been in residency? Maybe maybe we can even go back to school. Let's start there. That could be a fun journey. Okay. It was, it was back in the last century sometime. Well, I know. <laughs> Hey, I started. I started my paramedic career in the last century, but that doesn't mean anything. It's when we, it's when they uh, invented fire is when we started training. <laughs> okay, so you're not as old as Doctor Wesley, but you're older. <laughs> and I just look old. See, um, I think you guys are barely, you guys are barely older than me, but that's that's beside the point. So, tell me some of the tell me some of your favorite memories or some of your worst memories from medical school. Oh my gosh! Wow! Come on, there's got to be a few, you know, like dropping the lung and washing it off, whatever. 
<laughs> uh, I, do, I, do, I do have to say that I'm, I'm getting flashbacks from Scrubs. Um, it just in just in the whole dropping the lung uh, uh, <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Very true. Uh, well, actually, I, uh, I I talked to some new med students who are going to be who going to be starting up, and uh, we were uh, me and another doc. We were exchanging uh, uh, first year stories in the cadaver room when we would uh, like uh, see the patients, uh, you know, see the cadavers there, and uh, everybody always has this this Halloween story. There's always like this poor schmuck that gets stuck down there uh, for studying for a test on Monday, and it's Halloween, and then there's all these people that. Uh, yeah, they just play a trick on them. <laughs> they, they shut off all the lights. <laughs> they play all this spooky music, and then they just freak this poor kid down there. And it's it's hilarious. The next day, you know, I was already freaked because of the anatomy exam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it's always fun. Like when people bring visitors down there, and then they just freak them out, uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> with the cadaver down there, which is you know, obviously you know not the appropriate thing to do. But I mean, maybe this is not the appropriate show. So, uh, but. Uh, the, the, that's that's the kind of stuff that I. Remember. Hey, I'm okay not having a clean tag on this show. So you guys talk about whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, but I, I think a couple of years before, speaking of the anatomy anatomy lab type thing, I think a couple of years before I had hit school uh, as a as a prank, and it probably was around Halloween. Um, a couple of students took a clean body bag. At least I hoped to God it was clean body bag. And uh, one of them, they took one of the bodies off the table, put it on the side, and then one of them laid down on the the table, uh, zipped into the body bag. And they called the the woman who was taking care of the bodies at the time into the lab for something. And uh, the the student that was in the body bag sat up. Nice. And scared the living crap out of of the person taking care of the bodies. Of course, she did not take very kindly to that. What? Anyway... I, I thought that was rather fun, <laughs> and wish I had thought of it. See, today, uh, you know, they 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 would make a video of it and put it up on YouTube. Like back in our day, they would have to, you know, paint an oil painting and uh, you know just just capture it that way. You know, back back in the day, you know. Well, I, I do have to say, I'm I'm, I'm a, a a bit of a uh, uh, later comer to uh, to medical school, uh, <clears throat> having spent quite a bit of time pre-hospital before going to med school. I actually finished in med school in this century. Wow. Two, wow. 2000, 2001 to be, to be, to be specific. So just barely into this, this century, but, um, it, it, you know, that, uh, that, uh, that, that pre-hospital background made it quite interesting, an interesting switch for me. Um, because you you think you've got a good background going into it, and then you realize that there's a whole ton of crap you just don't know, <laughs> and there and and you're getting it uh, force fed down, you know, into your brain at supersonic rates. Just to try to keep up. It's it's uh, it's an interesting roller coaster ride. Did well, that's an interesting question. So apparently, you went to medical school then a little later in life, maybe. Uh, correct. Correct. Okay, and so you had a little bit of experience behind you. Did you did you ever tell the people that were, you know, mentoring you or whatever through medical school to kind of like get a life or no? Um, no, no. I, 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 I when I was on rotations, I usually kept that. Um, it kept that quiet. I mean, it would come out, and the your, your preceptors pick up on things. You know, they, they realize that you don't have two thumbs when most other medical students do or 
you, you, you've got a little bit of a leg up on relating with patients or those type of things. So it, so it ends up coming out, uh, which is fine. Or you do things like throw a couple of 14-gauge IVs into a patient before the nurses do. And they go, how the hell did you do that? Oh, just lucky. <laughs> nice. Um, but, but uh, I mean, most, most during the preclinical years, most everybody knew because you interview and, and, and the faculty kind of get, gets to know who you are and stuff and the other students. But And what about you, Mike? Did you go through the traditional route or non-traditional? How did, how did you go? Um, I was kind of a freak. Uh, which everybody knows, but I was like, uh, "Isn't that current, though?" Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, it, right. started, it started back in high school, and uh, I was—I I went to a program where uh, I applied to medical school right out of high school, um, and I—I uh, I went to a program where it's traditionally a, a six-year undergraduate and medical school program, and I, I went through a six-year program. So we did all of our undergraduate in like two years, and then we did mm-hmm. medical school. Uh, four years so um so we, we we got tested pretty quickly um as far as the caseload and, and studying and uh so um so started you know right out of high school um and and finished a little bit earlier than some of my peers and stuff and uh then did residency so that's that's i guess that's kind of how we're different Okay, so how did you choose primary medicine? I mean, it's kind of a dying breed in the United States. How did you how did you choose primary care over, you know, the more glamorous ER doc, if you will? <laughs> um, actually, uh, actually, I wanted to be a surgeon uh, when I started because because uh, my like dad's a surgeon <laughs> and for the very first time. Oh my god! And I sang that song, and that's why you, you can't do it. Uh, <laughs> But uh, my, my dad's a physician. He's a he's a ear, nose, and throat physician, and uh, I, I wanted to be like him, you know. And uh, and then I did my uh, surgery rotation during uh, my third year of med school, and I'm like, I can't do this, man. Forget it. <laughs> I can't get up this early in the morning and do pre rounds, and then do rounds, and then do all that stuff. And then there's five years of residency and all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't want to do that. So so I stumbled around kind of my third year of medical school, and then I figured out at the end of it, I'm like, oh, you know, I I kind of liked everything. Thing. Um, and uh, I really liked um, continuity of care. So I, I wanted to have kind of like an outpatient ambulatory setting um, and mix a little bit of uh, inpatient hospital with that. Um, so so, so you're lazy. Of, you're, you're lazy is what you're saying. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm teasing so, you. I'm so, teasing so, you. So, some people say ER docs are lazy because oh, they just say, yeah, we oh, just, you we know, just do the shift, get out, no pager. <laughs> get out, you see one patient, there's no continuity. You're like, hey, go back to your primary doctor. You know, you don't have an urgent problem. It's not our problem. Get out. Treat them and, <laughs> treat them and street them, baby. Treat them and street them. Yeah, get them out the door. <laughs> and Jeff, then now your time to rebut. Why did you go into your, why did you go into your uh, field of choice? I, I, I kind of had a pretty bit coming from from pre hospital. I, I had a little bit of a slant towards emergency medicine, uh, but kept an open mind during during rotations and stuff. And I really did like all the the core. For the third year, you go through family medicine, internal medicine, obstetrics and gynecology, um, surgery, um, psych, and peds. So I really I, I enjoyed a lot about all of those things. And um, and then it, I really really enjoyed a critical care um, sub internship that I did, where 
they, they pretty much take you as a fourth-year med student and say, okay, you've got patients, you're responsible for them, go. Just like you're an intern. So you're scared shitless, but you still do it. Um, and really, really, really like that. And I, I thought about going in, into critical care, and, and at the time there was a, a way to go through it through the uh, emergency medicine realm. There kind of still is. But, um, and then the following month I did my ER rotation, and I just felt like I was at home. And this was at a different hospital. I mean, this was 500 miles or 200 miles away from where I had been a paramedic and stuff. I didn't really know people around, so it wasn't like going home home. But it was. It just had that feel that I uh, that I enjoyed. Well, and I guess then the question is: Did you kind of have an idea when you went into medical school? You're like, oh, I'm a paramedic. I'm going to do this, or did you just kind of go in with an open mind and say, eh, whatever I like and enjoy, I'm going to do? Yeah, I, I, I went in with. I mean, I went in with an open mind. One of the, I think, one of the advantages of, of doing a couple of things beforehand was um, it, just realizing that in life you really need to do the, what you enjoy doing uh, because you're going to be doing it for a lot of hours a week. You know, in, in medicine, regardless of what specialty you're, you're you're working in, and if you don't enjoy it, you're going to be really crabby and make everybody else's life around you miserable. Uh, in addition to your own, so and, um, I, I really, really enjoyed emergency medicine more than uh, than anything else, even the critical care and uh, and surgery, which I also liked, um, and uh, ended up uh, finding my home. Right on. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Oh, man. <sighs> No, and no, the only continuity of care I have is from our regulars that come in on a really regular basis. Right. And then oh, you, no, and that's the, that, that's funny because uh, I, I have a, a lot of ER docs who say, uh, hey, who's your primary care doctor? And they're like, you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I had a prescription bottle from uh, from a patient a couple of years ago when I look on it. And uh, the, the, the doctor's, you know, the primary care, quote unquote, doctor's name that had uh, given them the prescription was one of my uh, one of my colleagues. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go, man. So you got caught doing there. You're good. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the sad thing is, uh, and I don't know how it is in in in, in your area, but I, I'm I'm practicing in a relative or you know in an urban area. There's not a lot of great primary care access, unfortunately, and so sometimes we're seeing more than the primary care docs. And I, I don't know if that's the uh, the same case in in your neck of the woods, but. And I think that may be what uh, what Chris was referring to in terms of the changing changing face in America. Well, well, the statistic is that about two percent of medical school grads are going into primary care, so it's really yep. declining, and it, it's really declining, and so it's very hard for us in the in the medical field to really understand, you know, where what do we do with this influx of patients? You know, everybody, there are more glamorous things, unfortunately, like being an ER doc. Uh, you know, I think there was that show on TV a while back called ER or something and made a lot of residencies fill up. But beyond that, it wasn't as glam. And then they got there and they're like, ooh, this isn't glamorous. It's really hard and people puke on you and smell. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Out. <laughs> no, that's right. I think I'd much rather be primary care doc but there's really not a lot of money and reimbursement in it and is that uh mike are you guys finding i don't know what what your paramix is things like that in your in your area but have you found that um it's harder for you to get reimbursement over time or, or what are your re- reimbursement challenges um 
I mean, especially for primary care. I mean, that's that's one of the key things is that you know our overhead still keeps going up, um, but our payment um, is staying level. Um, and it is, and it's not just uh, malpractice. I mean, it's like the phone bill. I mean, it's like you know keeping the lights on. I mean, that overhead is continuing to go up, um, and it's getting more and more challenging. Um, to, uh, to to actually do patient care. Um, and you guys probably know, too, you know, all these regulations out there, you know, whether it's, you know, from the government level or whatever. I mean, it, it, it costs money and overhead to meet those regulations, which I think is good for patient care. But, I mean, they should, you know, pay us to help, you know, do some of that stuff and not be this political football as, as it comes up every year when it comes to physician payment, especially for primary care. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think for for what you guys in primary care are responsible for, the, the reimbursement just isn't there, and and it's 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 a crime to see it, some people that are doing a lot of procedures and and nothing against them, the very you know, technically oriented people who spend a lot of time in training, um, but it, it's a huge pay reimbursement discrepancy for the uh, for the amount of responsibility that that you guys have. Uh, and uh, I'd, I'd like it to not be the football that it has been so that you guys can get reimbursed the way that you should. Oh, yeah. And, and, and med students aren't stupid. I mean, they, they see that the procedural specialties, they get reimbursed more. The cog, what I call the cognitive specialties, primary care and that type of thing, um, they don't get they don't get paid as much. And, you know, with with, you know, with increasing med school debts every year, um, they're doing the math and they're like, hey, I can pay it easier over here. It's easier lifestyle, that type of thing. Instead of trying to grind out all these patients as primary care and, and, and getting more and more, you know, dumped on us. Um, as time goes along, it's real frustrating. I mean, I totally understand from a med student perspective, you know, why, you know, primary care, family practice, general internal medicine um, is not, you know, as viable as it was before. And do you think that over time that and because I'm, I'm thinking about a whole bunch of shows now, we can talk about different issues in, in medicine now. This is good. Uh, but do you do you see. Um, med students changing maybe their their tone after maybe some they get some reimbursement for their schooling or 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 and here's my real question for you Mike is are you in a medically underserved area as far as um, the services that you can provide and that are provided in your community versus uh, what the need is oh yeah we're we're, we're in a, a medically you know underserved area um, but for some of those you know increased payment. For medically underserved areas, there's more hoops to jump through to get that, which may add more overhead or which may add more things. So, so when people do the math and they're like, oh, well, you do get more payment, but what you have to do to get the payment um, sometimes is not worth it. Like... Um, well, I mean, you know, our, our, our office doesn't take Medicaid, and that was a really tough uh, mm. decision point for us. Wow. Um, because, you know, the payment was there. And if we would accept them, then part of the deal is then we have to um, accept X amount of patients. Um, so in my schedule, so if I would have, you know, half Medicaid patients and half Medicare and private insurance, I'd be like, you know, um, it's really not worth it. You know, and if those patients, you know, don't show up, 
or you know do other things. Um, it is the onus, according to the rules, for our office to contact them X amount of times. It may include a letter, so that's more overhead. That's more uh, work for my staff to do to get something like a Medicaid payment when we could be servicing or taking care of Medicare patients or commercial patients. Um, so a lot of it is dollars and cents, which is sad, but that is how we have to keep our doors open because if we don't um, you know, try to cover our overhead, then our office is going to close like a lot of offices around here have done. And well, do you think that that – so how do you, how, where do those people go to, to get care? Um, I mean, there, there, there are federal clinics um, in this county, like okay. one or two. Okay. So, so they handle that population. Um, and there are other um, offices that uh, accept uh, Medicaid insurance. Um, but you know, a lot of them have other funding. I mean, it, it's, it's not you know, it's not like a private office. They have um, either their federally qualified health clinic, or maybe they're associated with the hospital who has a little bit more resources. Um, but, you know, our office, we're not owned by the hospital. You know, we never have. We're independent. Um, and we're, you know, doing like a lot of other offices and trying to keep our doors open and still give good care. So do you find that those people even so you even though you have these clinics, do they do they end up in the ER more often then? Um, I would think so. Yeah, that, right. that, 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 that's, that's probably a fair statement. Mm-hmm. Seems to make sense. Gutter, I mean, from the gut level, but you never know until you run the data. I mean, it's just uh, it's just interesting. What about so, Doctor Meyer? What about uh, Doctor Myers? What about the um, what about in the ER? Are, are you part of a group, and how does that run as far as your reimbursement? You're employed by the hospital, the group, or how does that? Or, or do you guys even care? You're just like, uh, come in the door. We don't care. I mean, of course, you have other yeah, I mean, laws, but yeah, I mean, Intel means that we need to, uh, uh, the, the federal law Intel means that we need to provide a medical screening examination for anybody who walks in the door, regardless of their uh, complaint, and, a, and stabilization of any emergency medical uh, condition. And that's, that's, that's a very fuzzy, broad um, uh, type definition. Um, kind of back to your, the first part of your question, I, I uh, am part of a group. I'm employed by a group that contracts with uh, with two and soon to be three hospitals, and we're we're an academic group that's uh, affiliated with the, uh, the the medical school. Um, our being in in <clears throat> urban environment, our our payer mix is probably about fifty fifty, maybe a little bit more, uh, maybe a little bit above fifty percent of our Medicaid self-pay uh, patients, which is quite high, uh, but that's fairly typical of the uh, inner city environment. Um, New York has a very uh, liberal Medicaid program, and we do what we can to try to get patients enrolled. The hospital does, uh, because it ends up helping out, I guess. Um, but it, it, it does affect us at, at, in the end. I mean, the, the overhead isn't as much as um, what Mike has in his office, because uh, some of that we we don't end up seeing, but in the amount probably all those costs end up taking out of the uh, uh, the bottom line. Um, you know whether it's whether it's having to handle multiple different insurers, whether it's malpractice rates going up, um, whether it's a change in 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 the uh, in the reimbursement or the pair mix or or uh, or that type of thing. Um, it's some of the some of the studies have said that that you know ER crowding isn't 
necessarily due to these patients seeking primary care. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure the, it, totally the, the, the environment or if it's something that is, is um, you know, transferable across all emergency departments. Um, I know I do see a fair number of patients with more, not emergent issues, but they're you know, semi-urgent issues. Uh, that need to be taken care of, and some will, will even apologize and say, you know, I, I I would have gone to my primary care doctor's office, but I work evenings, or I work nights, or I have a child care issue, or I don't have transportation, or so on and so forth, you know, whatever whatever uh, uh, reason it is, and so they end up in the emergency department. Um, I mean, you do have people that do um, take advantage of the emergency department having to see you, and really from a from a customer service standpoint, um, it, it's it's probably a lot easier just to finish treating that patient that may have a a, a non urgent issue rather than sending them off to primary care uh, because they're you're right there the patient's right there the overhead's still there you know let's 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 finish the uh, you know finish the uh, the the treatment. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, in our department, I'm not sure how much it really is contributing to, um, you know, to the heavy volumes that we see when we do see them. And, I, you know, I, I don't want to give people the wrong idea since this is kind of the first show and maybe, maybe never, no one's ever heard me or heard of me before. I mean, you know, I, I, I love what I do, okay? I mean, and I love taking care of patients. And you know, even today, you know, there's – you know, you just 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 moments, you know, in the exam room where you, you know, make a connection with the patient and and you talk to them the same visit. You know, that's why that's why I love primary care is, is, is the continuity. You know, I tell mm-hmm. people about smoking. I tell people about weight loss. I tell people about and I tell them, you know, 10 times. But, you know, today it hit them and said, oh, I need to do this. You know, and it is those moments there that that they, you know, that that's what brings you back. You know, and, and that's what you know. I and I still, you know, I still you know feel like I am making a difference with patient care and in all these other issues where it comes to payment, where it comes to all that other stuff. I mean, it's not stuff that we we learned about in medical school, and I think we should. Um, and it's frustrating, um, but I don't want to give people the wrong idea. You know, I, I I still you know I still love what I do. I'm going to do this for a long time, and you know. It's it it and and people here, docs here in this small town here. You know, we we talk about it, we we complain about it a lot, but you know, we also share our good stories too. And and uh, I, I don't want to give give people the wrong idea when they listen to this show. No, no, and I didn't I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Sorry about that. But I mean, I guess my point was is that reimbursement's hard, and you. I know you guys have to be, you guys have to understand the business side of it as much as you have to understand the patient care side of it. Mm. And that's why it's important in today's society to, you know, dollars, unfortunately drive practices. And that's what, that's what keeps your doors open. And you have to figure out what is that good mix. So no, 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 I, I didn't mean to imply anything at all, but I, I wanted to make sure that people understand that it's, it's a hard field to be in. What, what you both do is very hard because it, there is a, a lack of, okay, I just released that patient from the ER 
you know, are they going to be back to see me in two days or, you know, are they going to see their primary care doc? Are they actually going to do what I said they're going to do? Um, or the other side of it is, you know, the, the constant need for reimbursement and how do I get there? And, and what do I, how do I keep my practice open while I see, you know, three to four patients an hour and make sure that I can provide the best service to them? I mean, I, th- I think at the end of the day, we're, we're, you know, we're able to pay our bills, we're able to feed our families and, and, and that type of thing. And, and when a lot of these issues come up, we do, we do need to look for ways where we can improve our efficiencies and in, in what we do so that we can, uh, you know, can keep doing that just like any other business. And as Mike said, the, uh, you know, we're not taught the business side of, uh, of medicine, which is a whole complex whole complex thing and in, in on its own um i do you know in a way while mtala does force us to do things that um maybe contrary to some business decisions and have with some uh, with a couple of recent rulings have uh provided an escape route for some specialists to not provide backup to the emergency department uh, which ends up funneling patients into uh, your tertiary care centers a little bit more. I I like not having to worry about what the patient's insurance is, and really I never look at it unless I'm getting ready to prescribe something that I know is going to be expensive, and I want to make sure that the patient's going to to uh, to be able to afford to get it. And uh, and that's 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 nice where I don't have to worry about that. I mean, I worry about it from a from an aggregate standpoint when our group sits down and we we do the financials and you know make sure that we're uh, you know paying our employees uh, properly and that type of stuff. But day to day, I don't even worry about it. Um, and, and I know like, one of one of these shows. I mean, I. I I know, Chris, I've talked to you about, you know, maybe doing something about community paramedicine and things. And, and I think that's be an interesting thing to explore because, you know, in, in our hospital here, we're, we're not a tertiary center. You know, we're a community hospital and we don't have all of the specialists and resources that other hospitals have. And, and, and Jeff's right. You know, if there's not a specialist here, we have to transfer them to the bigger city. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously patients don't like that. And sometimes, like Jeff said, we have to kind of see what their insurance is to see what they cover. Um, so so that, those are some of the struggles um, of, of uh, practicing um, small town uh, medicine here in a community setting. And, and that's kind of one, one part of the, the show that I'm, I'm excited about exploring a little bit as we do mm-hmm. these. Well, and you know, I'm passionate about this stuff too, because I think that e- even in my industry, we've got to look beyond what we're doing in an emergent situation. We've got to, we've got to look beyond that. And I, I agree. We, we're going to talk about that. I've, I've already sent you guys an email about all the, all the things I want to talk about in the next like four shows already. Uh, but, but I mean, I think that just some things that, that come to light when, you know, we were talking about the lighter side of, of medicine, but it quickly goes gee, it's hard to do our job and how do we do it? And, and that's where, um, this can be a great resource. I want this to be something where patients can come and go, Oh, that's what they're struggling with. And, and really kind of that, that model where eh, it's just a, it's three guys talking about medicine. Yeah. Two of them happen to be doctors and the other one's a geek, but how do we, how do we get beyond that? There's at least two geeks on on the show. True, true, true. Well, and people have to guess which two they are. Well, (laughs) amen to that. And well, you already know I'm not a doctor. So yeah, there you go. 
So here, I guess here's the question. And well, and I, I think I want to devote one show just to your whole side jobs that you guys kind of do. And I think that's kind of cool. Um, so you're just not physicians. You, you do more cool things, but, uh, so keeping that in mind and understanding that we want to keep this a shorter format show because eh, physicians are busy and they don't have a lot of time and patients want to get good information and how do we do that? So I think we want to devote shows to EMED health. And, um, I think I even sent you an email talking about concierge medicine, the kind of this mm. new wave of, you know, physicians that, that see a way to make money and still serve their patient uh, patient populations appropriately. I think that there's really a, there's two sides to that argument for sure. And then we can talk about many, many other things in, in weeks and, and months I, to come. And I'm going to open this up too. I mean, you know, okay, kind of make a kind of like an open source show with, you know, and have people just like throw stuff at us. And then either we just talk about, it, even though we're not really serious about stuff. I mean, we, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it, I met Jeff once, but I, I know we can talk about pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. well, well, that's true. But you guys are, but you're well educated and well thought, and that helps too because you you have an understanding of you have an understanding of the system. You guys have, a, even though you have different perspectives, you both have a very similar knowledge base and understand. At the end of the day, it's about patients and how do we, you know, yeah, okay, dollars are important, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it's how do I take care of people and make sure that they end up in the right place and are healthy and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, along the way, we're going to laugh a lot, probably. I'm just saying. Um, I think there's a good chance of that. Yeah, I'm 98% (laughs) sure. So uh, we're at the end. I want to keep this show right at 40 minutes because I think that's that's a perfect time for this. You know, I'm sure most weeks we'll go over. But first show, you know, we want to keep it happy and, and upbeat. Well, that's, that's good because our, our ADHD, you know, adult ADHD won't let us go that far. So, I mean, I think right. the, that's a good time. Oh, and the point is, is that I am a, I mean, you're, you're a recovering paramedic doc and I am a paramedic. So, you know, I, I, if the next shiny thing comes in my path while we're talking, I kind of lose track. So I'm like, oh, ooh, shiny. So anyway, so uh, Dr. Mike. Where can people find information about you or cool information? Do you are you on Twitter or anything like that? No, yeah, I, I, well, I have I have a Twitter account. And I don't think I've used it in about a year and a half. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I just, uh, I, uh, I, I just tweeted it out there, so it's on my Twitter stream. So I found it. Nice. <laughs> Good. Now I just have to find my Twitter account password so I can get back on. Um, but uh, I, uh, I'm at uh, photoemsdoc.com. That's uh, good information on uh, on me and, and some of the speaking stuff I do, uh, mainly from an EMS realm. But uh, but but um, you know I'll go and speak to anybody about anything. And um, and I also I'm on uh, on Facebook. And. Oh, there was a question there, and I lost. Oh, uh, nuts! I've lost it. Doctor uh, Doctor Sevilla, where can people find information about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Doctor Mike Sevilla, and uh, you can go to my website, Family Medicine Rocks dot com five and uh, that's right and and my tweet for this show was making historical podcast with uh, geeky medic and photo EMS doc. Find it out. And, and yeah, hey, if people have questions and stuff, you know, you can find me on Twitter. You can find my website if you want to try to give us some questions about stuff. You know, we'll, we'll talk about anything. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. So, Dr. Myers, yeah, I, I found your pat- uh, that's a pretty, That'd be a pretty exciting uh, thing, actually, just, just even taking uh, suggestions and questions from, uh, from people who are listening. 
That's right. And we did. Um, so two things I want to do with you guys. I want to I want to make this a live show eventually where we actually have video and stuff. I think we have a good platform for that, especially since it's three of us. I think I have the bandwidth to handle that. And um, Dr. Myers, I found your password. It's password, lowercase. So excellent, excellent. Just wanted to help you out there. I, actually, I just got, I just got on and I was able to get on the Twitter and uh, yeah, now I got to figure out how to tweet something. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to figure I, out. I, that. I actually am technologically adept. Adept. I just uh, yes, you are. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been an awesome show. I'm Geeky Medic, Chris Montero. You can find me on pretty much everywhere if you just search Geeky Medic. Um, I won't tell you how to find that because uh, if you can't spell geeky, then um, I've probably missed Google it. I, I, I've, yeah, Google it. You will find me. Um, also, you can you can email us if you've forgotten all the other emails. Perodoctors at gmail.com. It's P A I R O. D-O-C-T-O-R-S at gmail.com. I know it was long, but I couldn't find paradox.com. It was already hey, taken. Uh, it was can, already can, taken. Can, 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 can we close with our Greg Freeze impression? No, you can't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Oh, wow. I, I, I put the kibosh on that. Sorry. I, I love Greg Freeze. I, I know. I know. We can do it in live when he's there so he can laugh at it. Okay. Because I, I enjoy watching Greg laugh. It's pretty funny. Because when you can make that guy laugh, it's awesome. That is true. Um, true. We actually have a bunch of other podcasts on the network. So if you want to find them, just Google me and you'll find a whole bunch of podcasts. So um, please don't Google me. Anyway, I'll be nice. So uh, thanks for joining us. And I'll come up with a close for the show because I really don't know what to say. Uh, Join us next time when we talk to a paradox. Hmm. Or we take you down a paradox. I don't know. We'll come up with something. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I've stopped recording now. You guys are... criteria for admission from an ER doc is uh, three visits in two days. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's not in my admission packet. Uh, Actually, it is because they're annoying me and I need to get them out of my ER. Because I need to put, I need to get to keep them out of the ER for a couple of days at least. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, then it becomes my problem. That's great. <laughs> That's a whole show right there. And then, and then what I do is I, I discharge them too early, and then I go on vacation, and then I tell them to go to the ER. Exactly. Oh, you're you're mean. That's mean. <laughs> or, or or better or better yet, your secretary <laughs> does that. Your receptionist. Don't you have a don't you have a partner or something? Uh, we don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> okay, whatever. Just trying to help. I thought maybe you had some. I thought maybe you were in a group or something where you, you know, had people that covered. No, you. no, I'm in a group. I just like dumping stuff in the ER. Yeah. That's like a good <laughs> Perfect. That, that, that starts happening after about two thirty, three o'clock. You know, just to make sure you get out on time. You're like, uh, yeah, I've got a tea time at six five thirty. I gotta go. Exactly. Yeah, that's that, that's like that's like the ER docs holding all their admissions till the end of their shift. Oh. <laughs> And then yep. they call me and they say, hey, Mike, uh, we got three admissions. Here's a report, and I'm out of here. So when I come in and I talk to them, I, I'm talking to the new shift guy and does, who doesn't know anything about the patients. Of course. Of course. <laughs> well, we, see, we see that with the, with the residents all the time, for crying out loud. It gets to, it gets to about 6 o'clock, and it's like, oh, geez, I need to dispo all these people now. Why weren't you disposing them before? 
No wonder we're backed up. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. All right. So, well, uh, I will. Uh, I'll lay over some music on this and. <clears throat> and Mike, I always mispronounce your name. It's Sevilla, right? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, Godzilla. You know? Sevilla, yeah. All right. Sevilla! Sevilla! Yeah. The Barber of Sevilla? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, all right, excellent. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's an acapella group now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the three tenors without the tenor. Anyway. Oh, right. oh my God. I'm more. I- 